What's up, What's listeners? up, listeners? Jinx, welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film. Then we're going to ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing Past Lives. Uh, A24s, I believe. Uh, but before we get into that, we have some movie-related news. First up, big news ahead of the Oppenheimer release. We're two weeks out from Barbenheimer, from Impact, and we've yep. got some bombshell breaking news. Headline, bold print, all caps, prolonged full nudity between Cillian Murphy and Florence Pugh. Dude, it's Killian? This is not the first time Fuck. that you've said Cillian. Killian, it starts with a C, so... Killian. Maybe he should have thought about that. Anyways, See, if uh, Aiden was reading that headline, he would have gotten it right because yeah, he's our Irish, names my, guy. Or and also my Irish, the epigenetic memories mm. would have triggered, and I would have just known it. Yeah, you know? shame on you, Alex. If no, it was okay. if he was uh, Killian McMurphy, then maybe I, I'd be able to help you out. Uh, but yes, we we know it now. Prolonged full nudity uh, in Oppenheimer. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Definitely will drive tickets. <laughs> I don't like, know. L- like I was just saying, I think the phrasing of that being like the most pragmatic framing of it, like it's not yeah. like there's a there's a hot sex scene. It's like there is prolonged full <laughs> It's, it's so fashion. objective. Dude, it's yeah, definitely yeah. going to be black and white and not yeah. in color. Yeah. <laughs> um, it ma- I feel it like it's going to be in the color scenes, just based on ma- what we know about which is which, but. It yeah. makes it sound like they're just gonna be like standing there, like it just yeah, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like like T pose, like standing in the hallway. Mom, I threw up. Also, prolonged full nudity. It's um, just an accurate description of what's happening. Not passing yeah. any judgment on it. There's prolonged nudity. No. Also, attached to the tweet, Nolan said something like, "This is the best romance he's ever done," which is kind of like a really low bar for that him. That is a low bar. It's <laughs> yeah. like. like Women dying and I don't know. He's he's not well known for that. Well, I mean, uh, the one he did in he Inception is not bad, right? Like when I think about romance in Nolan movies, I go to that. But she's Love. not like a character in it. She's just like yeah. a, a, a device for him. A flashback true. ghost. It's yeah. not two people and with equal footing. Uh, yeah. But uh, speaking of Barbenheimer. We got some news about Greta Gerwig uh, and what, where her career is shaping up. So there was a report that she's interested in doing more big studio films akin to Barbie as opposed to uh, stuff like Lady Bird and Little Women. And so the next, I think, two or more projects she's working on are Narnia films for Netflix. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't hate it. I think no, having I. I think having directors in the studio system who have strong visions that like sure studio films like aren't as artistic or necessarily compelling but again I think I think having that strong voice in there is could change things I guess sure but the, and and I'll say like there are some directors who like 
like I, I I think you can you can make like a really original film that is like fun and interesting in different ways. And I think Nolan is a good example of that, where it's like I don't mm. love every Nolan film, but he's how many big budget films has he made that like you can't tell me that any of those don't have like a singular vision behind them, even the ones that I don't like. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I so feel yeah. like uh, Greta's in a position where she's accumulated enough influence and leverage over these studios that she can have some degree of freedom just like nolan because like nolan has proven himself that he can sell tickets and you know even though tenet wasn't the greatest uh, <laughs> it still sold a lot of tickets and uh, um i think it got like it was like the first film back from covid right like like it was the, still yeah. in the yeah. midst of it too so yeah so i think the fact that you know greta gerwig's you know, at this position in her career where she can do that. It's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Again, I'm not sure about her directing the Narnia movies, though. Because, I mean, we just watched Peter Pan, directed by who? David Lowry, right? David Lowry, yeah. And I didn't like that. So, I, didn't, I didn't like that either. But I actually think, like, uh, a bunch of movies about, like, uh, relationships between siblings is actually, like, right up her alley. Like that is like, true. That is a good like point. She could, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she could really tease that out and make it really fun. My only, like, concern, and I don't know if this is necessarily a fair criticism, but I feel like Greta Gerwig doesn't necessarily have, like, the most um, unique or, like, strong or identifiable, like, um, formal language or formal style. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I do wonder, like, will there be a certain amount of getting washed out? But I don't know. If, I, I still have faith. Like, I actually think uh, I think they're going to be quite good. I, I see what you mean. But also, I think at this point in her career, we've seen two of her movies, right? Mm-hmm. So I think True. I think that's I think style is something that develops over time. So True. I think I think with more uh with a with a larger sample size, maybe we'll begin to tease out what is her visual style, and maybe along the way she'll start developing it more. To play right. Predator's advocate on this point, though, uh, this does remind me of the scene from Barry, the latest season of Barry. There's a there's a joke where someone's yeah, on like a, a film it's the, set. It's the Coda director, right? Yeah, and yeah. so so Bill Hader is making a comment how. Indie indie film, uh, particularly female indie women. I'm saying all the things <laughs> multiple times. Filmmakers, women filmmakers in the indie scene, how they get swooped up after big awards or big things into the studio system, and suddenly during, they're doing Marvel movies. And so the joke one he did was the director of Coda made a cameo in Barry and was directing like like the Wonder Woman parody three or something mm. and at the time i was like that's pretty funny and here we are again uh also like sarah polly getting swooped up by disney there's it's it is a there is a pipeline going on there there was yeah. chloe chloe Zhao too with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. i think i think that was the one he was commenting on most oh, okay. recently but yeah um some other mattel related news uh mattel this i think the Greta Gerwig stuff came from maybe the same article or similar just news releases, but some Mattel bigwig was talking about what other projects they have in store. Apparently there's like 45 separate Mattel projects that they're working on, which is really bleak. 
I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I'm finding the. I it, don't think that's gonna work. I think that this is gonna, this is a flash in the pan. I don't think they're gonna be able to sustain this hype for other movies. Look, I don't know. Like superhero genre has lasted twenty years, and only no, but, now is it dying. But they found a way for that to be fresh right off the hop, and. Like, I would say that because of the superhero genre, there is some level of exhaustion towards these overarching brand franchises as well. I think that, like, like Barbie is getting a lot of press because it's, like, a particular um, mixture of things. It's Greta Gerwig directing, it's, uh, which is not, like, you wouldn't expect that from, like, a big thing. Like, a big, like, studio brand, whatever. Um, and it's, like, it's like a, I feel like it's a good time for it. But case in point... Who the fuck is gonna go see the J.J. Abrams Hot Wheels movie? Like that's not. No one's going to that. Like, Even if it's quote emotional, grounded, and gritty, I don't know. <laughs> Dudes like cars. Like we've got ten Fast and Furious movies plus one Hobbs and Shaw. I but like. That's a franchise I, that has proven itself. Also, I think it's very funny that they quote they or they they refer to the Fast and Furious franchise in the article. I did briefly skim it. And the guy's like, come on. <laughs> this is my big big wig studio voice. Mm. I mean, come on. We've got Fast and Furious 10 and Hot Wheels 0. He, says, <laughs> oh, he literally says Hot Wheels 0. I just thought that was so funny. Um, but yeah, I don't... I honestly don't know if it's gonna if they're gonna try the Mattel Cinematic Universe, although that acronym has been taken. Also, think um, about how many have fa- how, think about how many have failed too, like the Dark Universe or whatever the Universal yeah, Monsters. Yeah. Thing. Like, like well, that failed too hard. The DCEU has failed like twice now and will probably fail again. Well, like, no. The question the question I'm having is is it is it a cinematic universe they're doing or is it just like DreamWorks? How they just, like, they're a company that makes movies, right? So they have their IP, but what I will say to your point is the difference between, and I heard this on somebody else's pod, uh, but the difference between this and take the superhero genre is the superhero genre is based on stories, whereas these are based on toys and products that don't have stories built into them. You have to add story onto them or, like intertwined whatever but so i think there's there's ways where that can work well and like creativity can be part of that process so i'm sure that the barbie movie is a great example where greta gerwig has a story to tell that has to do with barbie and she's doing it in a meta way and i think that will lead to like an actually like interesting story that has ideas in it but it's I think the idea of doing 45 things is... I can't even name 45 Mattel products. Well, but, but that's my point. They're not going to be able to do that. Like, there's no way. No, there's I no way. I just don't buy it for a second. I imagine... Maybe it's like um, throwing it back to high school biology, but, like, you know how, like, there's different types of um, reproduction... This is so nerdy. Reproduction uh, styles. This, is, this sounds bad. But, like, certain <laughs> animals... Sure. Have lots of offspring, and some only have yeah. Few. Oh, like our like our strategy and K strategy, like that thing. I think so. So humans yeah. only have a few children because they're gonna look. They're gonna they're gonna take really good care of them. It whereas takes more bugs, energy to raise a single kid. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas bugs don't give a fuck about their kids, but they have lots of kids, so some of them sur- will survive. That's the studio system. The studio <laughs> system is bugs. 
Sure. Anyways, speaking of the studio system as bugs, the studio system is also dinosaurs. Daniel Kaluuya is making a Bar- Barney movie, not Barbie, and he's described it as, quote-unquote, surrealistic, similar to Kaufman and Spike Jones. This is an A24 type movie, but I don't think it is A24, and it's also described as a play for adults. Fantastic. Can't yeah, that just that just means nothing to me. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you're, like you're just saying things. Like I'll, Buzzwords. I'll, I'll wait and see, brother. Yeah. Also, actually, I forgot for the the J.J. Abrams thing. If you read the article, the headline on like discussing film or whatever was kind of like leaving out some of the more interesting information. It was because it says something like like J.J. Abrams has does not have a script for Hot Wheels and <laughs> like like didn't really want to do it. It sounded like. And also was asked to do a video, and the the description of the video was like that it was like depressing or something, <laughs> like just like people not thriving in the studio yeah. system compared to Greta Gerwig, who is having the time of her life. Um, movies, we have trailers. Vroom, 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 trailer, into park, the trailer park. Here we are. First up, uh, let's talk about maybe a brighter light in the studio system. That's right. I'm talking about The Nun 2. Um, <laughs> Let's go. Sequel to Nun. Is it The Which, Nun? It is The Nun. And I will okay. say that is one of the worst horror movies I've seen in theaters in my life. Um, and with nice. that being said, as I tweeted out, I will be there for the second one. I, like, I, I quote the first Nun movie like fairly frequently. Like There, there are some... like legitimately hilarious moments in that that like i don't know if they're intending it to be as funny as it is but that i'm i'm excited though my only complaint is that this one looks like it might actually be like decently made and i don't know okay. if that's what i'm looking for out of a movie <laughs> to be honest You're like oh man they made the nun good what <laughs> yeah i liked it better make the nun bad again um no, I the trailer. I I gotta be honest. I'm not watching this. But um, what I will say is the part at the end when the magazines are flipping through. The I was gonna say that too. Yes. Kind of cool, but even really better. Sick. I was like, what's going on? There's faces, cool '50s faces in the magazines. Flipping, it's flipping, it's flipping, and some like like the pieces start lining up. And <laughs> when when the titular nun two shows up yep. in the magazines, I said aloud to myself, oh, it's the nun. <laughs> the jump scare. <laughs> so I got it. I got the movie. Um, question for you, Aiden. Do you think they're going to connect this to the Pope's Exorcist? Is there going to be a cinematic universe? Russell Crowe crossover? Well, Russell I don't know if you know, this is already in the Conjuring universe. No, it's, already, it's I don't know if oh, you did, it's already a part of the a larger uh, universe. Which the Conjuring universe has tons of movies. It's like ten or more by this point. Like it's actually a shocking amount that are part of the the Conjuring universe. Interesting. Well, Conjuring Three: The Devil Made Me Do It came out twenty twenty one. There's Conjuring One, Two, Three. There's The Nun One and Two. There's Annabelle One, Two, and Three. Those there's are the same the, one too. Yeah, there's oh the curse of La, there's the curse of La Llorona. So that's nine. So there, I might be forgetting one, but yeah, mm. it's like a Fast and Furious or Mattel. It's one of those. It's uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, more movies. Bob Marley has a biopic, 
everybody gets a bio biopic. Yep, and, and it looks exactly like all of the other ones, and it's gonna you be. You could have. It is yeah. gonna be the most individualistic, fucking stupid approach to social issues. It is going to be like, let's all just come together, and it's gonna be like, damn, it like sucks when like. Uh, I get firebombed, and it sucks when, like, there's racism. It's gonna be fucking stupid. I actually, like, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but I, like, leaned back and audibly went, like, shut the fuck up when I saw the trailer. <laughs> oh my this God. is gonna be really bad. I think this is gonna be a truly awful movie. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's also gonna be, I bet you, borderline offensive. Like, yes. the Bohemian Rhapsody movie was. Yes. Queer people. So I bet the the movie about how we need to have one love and not be racist, I bet is going to be extremely subtly racist. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I can't uh, wait to not watch this. It's, it's not a shot in the hell I will be there. The style yeah. is like the exact, like it's frame for frame the yes. same as every other of these. And like you could have there's and you, you have, have him like, like in style. the studio you have the same yes. shot of him recording the song in the studio and it's like there's a shit. there's a very clear like like tropes of this style of film now where you have to have the the ones of the in the studio where the guys like sliding up the yeah. the dials you gotta have the dial shot you gotta have them in the studio gotta have them in concert it's just like an ai could write this and i bet it did uh, that's why I wanted to talk about it because it looks like shit. Um, yeah. And then we also got a trailer for not shit Dune two. Can you imagine if Greta Gerwig did Dune? We could have that. That we would could, be Greta Gerwig science fiction. I mean, that's she would also this. she would also <laughs> cast Timothy Chalamet. That's yeah, that, that is true. That is true. But anyways, Dune but two got another trailer. It's for deep time. I was gonna, just going to say it's Muad'Dib time. It's Muad'Dib Thank time. Thank you. I'm actually really glad yeah, that yeah. I made sure you got your voice <laughs> yeah. It's Muad'Dib time, indeed. Uh, so, this trailer, uh, Florence Pugh has never looked spikier in her knife dress, and yep. Austin Butler has never looked smoother. Uh, Christopher yep. Walken <laughs> has never looked older, and I don't have a fourth That's thing. true about us all. But, That's true about us all, though. We've never looked older. Mm. That's deep. Time marches on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm depressed now. Pulling <laughs> over. Time marches all. Time marches on. Death comes to us all. Uh, Peter really wanted to talk about this. What do you what do you have to say for yourself, son? Dude, it's just really cool, man. Like Great. Okay. I mean I mean, bro, it's doom, man. Like I will be there. Opening it's day. I will be there. Theater. Hell yeah. It's gonna, think, it's gonna be a good I think time. For, for any trailer drop and you should just retweet i will be there <laughs> yeah. if, I, if i will be there then i will then i'll say no that. just regardless there. regardless of whether or not you will be there just say i will be bob marley no, I, I will be there no i have to Dude. mean that i have to mean that do, do you guys know um that uh that the soccer meme where it's like i'll yeah, be the there no matter the, what the killian mbappe one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a movie podcast i don't know sports shut up uh, anyways, we watched a movie. Speaking of movies, we didn't watch a soccer game, that's for sure. Uh, we watched a movie. Aiden, do you want to tell us about the movie we watched? We watched a movie known as Past Lives. It was directed by Celine Song. It was starring uh, Greta Lee, Teo Yu, and John Magaro. Uh, there's, I feel like there's more people. Oh, I guess that is three people. It's that's really the, mostly three is, people. It is three people. Uh, 
the cinematography is by uh Shabier, 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 sorry, Kirchner, my bad. Sorry. But it's not shabby. <laughs> not sure. sure. Um distributed by A24 but not produced. It was originally released January 21st, 2023 on Sundance. Uh got a widespread release on June 2nd. Runtime of 106 minutes and it is so far made about $7.4 million at the box office. I don't have the budget up here. Peter's making a crazy wide-eyed face at the... No, that's really good made. for a small indie film. That's sick. Well, I don't know that's what the budget was. So maybe it's not Could good. Be better. <laughs> it's Could probably be better. Less than that, uh, So thank you, Aiden, for that. We have a game we play every week called Predacritic. There's a website on the internet called Metacritic where critic scores of a movie are average out of 100... We are going to guess the score of this movie, Past Lives. Uh, and yeah, I, I usually this explanation is longer, and I'm a little <laughs> <laughs> out of my rhythm doing the short version. I did spin the wheel already. Aiden, nice. you are guessing first. Oh, are you fucked? You Holy can't shit. play the game this time. Damn, I can't play Hell the game. Yeah. I just have to go off of <laughs> intuition. Uh, this was a well-reviewed movie. I know that much. I know that much. Uh, I, I believe it's getting well-reviewed on the Letterboxd and on various other websites. Uh, right, Matt's going to do 99 on Metacritic. I am not. I'm thinking high <laughs> 80s. That's what I've been thinking personally. Perhaps low 90s. Um, I think this has been getting really well-reviewed, though. I've I've seen very few bad reviews of it. So low I've, 90s? You're I've going kinda, I've kind of talked myself into 90s here, so I will go 93. Wow. I did uh, spin again, and I did get uh, Peter next. You were Okay. Next. Dude, I think low 90s cap. 85. Oh, I see. I thought you were going to guess higher, and I was like, you are insane. No, um, no. I just feel like every review I've seen has been super high. Dude, I don't think, I don't think I've seen a single movie that's in the 90s in Metacritics. They exist. They're You've done it on this podcast. Really? I distinctly Maybe. remember. I distinctly remember we've done, like, After Sun or something is, like, 90s or whatever. Well, this is something I can check. Um, but for my guess... Um, I'm gonna go somewhere in between you guys. Fair. This score does not. My guess does not reflect how I feel about the movie necessarily, but I do think. I don't know. We're 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 around a ninety, so I'll I'll really. You're crazy. You guys are crazy. Down. What are no, you I smoking? Don't. Look, I don't I don't <laughs> think it deserves to be there either, but. Dude, uh, that's crazy, though. Actually, I have no, I genuinely don't think I've seen a movie that's in the nineties. Well, the, guess um, what, Peter? Metacritic. Guess what, Peter? What? You're the crazy one. You Wait, lose. what? Aiden wins. It is a ninety-four. Uh, yo, yo, they're smoking some crazy we, shit hey, in the Metacritic office, e- bro. Either, either <laughs> after. Either After Sun or Tar or something was not, che- was in the nineties. So, right now. Something okay. that we did. After Sun is currently on Metacritic, the highest rated movie from last year. Deservedly, in my opinion, it has a ninety five. Yeah. The that second highest rated movie on Metacritic from last year, deservedly, in my opinion, Tar at ninety two. Tar, nice. So I'm nice. saying. That's what I'm saying. We've crazy, done it before. Done yeah, it's happened before. before. That is insane. Um, where is... I mean, actually... And I was seeing... I remember seeing a lot of movie of the year buzz from this, so... Bro, yo, Aiden, there's no way that you, you're you just 
I saw it. You cheated? No, 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 no. You're crazy for guessing that, though. That's yeah, I looked away for two seconds and we're going into chaos. We have something to do next. Yes, because Aiden won. I turn my head away for one second to look at Metacritic and it goes, it descends. Um, Aiden's going to guess his non-spoiler reaction. For guess Black his non-spoiler reaction. Nice, I'm going to guess my non-spoiler reaction. <laughs> I don't think oh, I said that. What am I going to say? Oh, shit. You're making fun of me for something that didn't happen. Reverse yeah, the tapes. Play it back, no, play it back. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Anyways, um, you're going to give us your non-spoiler reaction because you won. Okay. Tell it like it is. Yeah, so, like I said, I've been seeing some film of the year buzz for this movie. I don't agree with that. I don't think this will be my film of the year. However, I did give it four and a half stars. I think it will definitely crack my top ten. Um, and I haven't ranked it yet, but it, it's probably up there. It's probably my number two of the year so far, actually. What's number uh, one? Number one, Skin and Marink, and I don't think anything's going to unseat that. I, I don't, I mean, so. we'll, like, we'll see, but Skin Marink was fucking awesome, so I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. No, this was a really good movie. I think that this was... This is really strong direction, I think. Really, like... It, it, it Yeah, I think it's really strong direction that gives this, like, trance-like sort of feel to it. And it also... It's, like, talking about this, like, kind of... It's, like... It, it's st Visual style kind of gives this, like, sprawling, almost languid sense of the passage of time, I think. And I like how it passes through a lot of faces that are out of focus, like people that you're just passing by. So like that's just neat. like, but in general, like just really, really strong direction. I think I think really strong writing as well. There's a lot of really good imagery, um, super well acted. I think that like the ideas that it's getting into are really interesting, and I think it does a good job of exploring multiple sides of it. So it's not just talking about the same thing the whole time. Um, if I had to level any criticism towards it my only criticism might be that like i think maybe the it takes a while to get where it needs to go i think not that it's long i didn't i never felt bored at any point but i just do wonder if like if all of the stuff that's in let's say like the first the younger era and then the middle era like if all of that is exactly how it needs to be but I don't know what the movie is without that. So, all in all, I uh, I don't have much to say negatively about this movie, but just didn't hit me as like my favorite thing ever. So I would definitely recommend this. I think I think just about anyone could get something out of this because I think while it is quite an artful movie, I think it's also not like the most um, like challenging in the sense not not that like it has challenging ideas, but it just it's not like it's not there's not a big barrier for entry. You know, what I mean it's it's mm -hmm. not super hard to digest. Um, but yeah, I would give it four and a half stars. Great movie. Interesting. So, before story I get time. into it, story time. Actually, safety information. Bike safety, PSA. Bike safety. Okay. They don't tell you this in bike school. They tell you wear yeah. helmets. They don't say. Yeah, big bikes doesn't want you to wear. Do they don't tell you to wear big bike goggles. Or something, cover your, shield your eyes, because they're out there. Wait, what happened, Alex? What happened? The studio bugs are out there. Remember what I said studio about the bugs? bugs yeah. eh? Remember okay. what I said about the bugs and how they don't live very long? Well, yeah. sometimes 
you're biking along, and one of those stupid studio bugs goes into your fucking eyeball. And let me just say, not fun. Uh, I thought it, I thought I would just get it out uh, at the theater. I got there, washed my hands. Don't don't touch your eyeball with dirty hands. But I tried to like get the bug out with my finger, and it was it was wedged. It was wedged in there. One might say it was snug as a bug. And right. unfortunately, snug as a bug as it was, could not retrieve it with the tools at hand, which were none. I had no tools. So I, uh, yeah, so there was a bug, not like on my eye, but like wedged between, like in the pink fleshy part. I, I looked up right. the words. It was between my caruncle and mm. my something i don't know but the the pink part where you're close to your nose anyways bug in my eye did probably affect my viewing experience somewhat one might say i was a little peeved (coughs) about the bug um again i could see fine so it's not like i was like like half blind like blinking or anything um but i did sit down to the theater i sat down as feature presentation like, like the movie started immediately as soon as I sat down because I, I was in the bathroom so long. Anyways, how did I think? What did I think about this movie? Um, I didn't, I didn't quite love it. I didn't really particularly care for it. Um, I think, look, the bug didn't help, but I also think I found some flaws with it. Um, I found the characters to be a bit thin. And the chemistry, which the movie basically hinges on, to be pretty much not there. Like, I didn't... Look, it's about it's about uh, the two people, Nora and... I'm not sure what his name is. I'm going to look hey, it up. June. Hey, hey, June. Hey, June. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're just ready. Thanks. Um, I got you, man. Hey, hey... It's an S-U-N-G. Is that June? No, it's Heisung. What are you talking Heisung. about? You don't know what you're talking Wait, about. Shut so up. You're who's terrible. Who's the June guy? There's a... I don't know. I, I'm okay, on Letterboxd okay. right now. And so the chemistry between Nora and Heisung, I, it was <laughs> not as strong as I needed it to be, I guess. Um, I found that for a story that's supposed to be about like... Um, it's not about reincarnation, but in a way it sort of is, like thematically, and about like love that didn't work out and all that sort of stuff... I it felt quite short actually, and um, I also feel like because it was so short and condensed, it felt like we were like skimming over an idea instead of really like delving into it. Um, I think the the white guy character, while being like like he's a necessary character, I guess, but like he was. <laughs> He was somehow the most developed character with the most nuanced. I, look, Aiden's making funny faces at me, but he was he was the only one who I was like, this is someone who is having conflicting <clears throat> feelings and is having to like, I don't know. I just didn't feel it for the other characters. Um, the visual direction is pretty good. Um, I even there I found some things that I was like, eh. But there were also parts that I was like really good really good stuff so uh, yeah um and i just like all of this stems from the fact that i just did not connect emotionally to this movie whatsoever 
Because um, he was physically connecting with the bug. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, <laughs> so, well, we'll get into this later, but I, me and that bug clearly have lots of inyun, but um, perhaps in a past life. 8,000 layers, one might yeah, say. Perhaps in a, in a past life I was married to that bug. Who knows? Um, but um, Maybe in the next life you will be married to that bug. Yeah, but I think, think, the, I think the bug doesn't have to be a bug. It could be something else. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I just I didn't connect to it. It's a romance, and I was just kind of left numb from it. Maybe it was the bug, um, but I didn't care for it. It insists upon itself, to quote Peter Griffin. Um, so, yeah, I, would I recommend this? I don't know. I probably wouldn't, just because if I didn't enjoy it, why would I tell someone else to go see it? But lots of people love it, so maybe I would. I don't know. I gave it a 3.5, which I think is generous based on the glowing review I just gave. But um, I, yeah, I don't think this is the best movie of the year. I think maybe it's a case of this is the first, like, really prestige A24 movie of the year. Like, like I haven't yeah, seen but, a movie. Yeah, but, yeah, but critics, like, you're talking critical reviews. Freelance critics see movies like this all year. Look, I, I can only say all my opinion. I know, that I'm just saying. Opinion. I think fair, that observation fair. is not accurate. I don't know. I just didn't like it. So, uh, Peter, what did you think? It's your turn. Dude, I love this, by the way. I think you're having my after sun moment. Like, during the After Sun sure. episode, I was like, hey, guys, I didn't like the movie that much. <laughs> yeah, but After Sun is great. <laughs> and now you're like, guys, I think Past Life is kind of bad. <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoyed the movie very much. Uh, Greta Lee Clears, by the way, I think she's having a real good year uh, with Spider-Verse and now this movie. Sort of oh, both showcasing. Um, she was Layla. Layla. Layla? Layla. She was the AI dude. Uh an incredibly to, uh, small role in Spider-Verse. So I think it's bold of you to say she's having a great year between well, I mean, hey, like, hardly in. I mean, like, I think, I think it's fantastic. So she's, you know, thriving in a small, unique role in, uh, in a pop culture phenomenon. And also, you know, over here, like, you know, like being a great actress in you know, past lives, in sure, small yeah. indie films. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this movie. I think... Um, this is like one of my favorite genre of movies. It's like uh, the story itself is so simple, like so normal, so human. Uh, but like, like, and the way uh, this whole movie presents the story to you is in a very mellow sort of way. Like it never forces anything on you. And then, but like that happens to get the most emotion out of me as a person viewing the movie. So it's powerful it's emotional but it's also like so soft and mellow at the same time just uh reminds me of movies like you know like um ladybird uh manchester by the sea stuff like that it's like just a simple life story but told in such a profound and beautiful way that you feel for the people involved in the story and also gives you new perspective and meaning on life um and i really like that um this movie as I said in my review, made me feel things. Like, I was genuinely, like, rooting for certain people during the movie. And also, I cried at the end, guys. Like, when the when, when, when the credits rolled, I was crying, you know? I was not, like, fully in tears. But, like, uh, you know, tears were, like, rolling down. Uh, I was crying. It was a very beautiful film. I gave it four and a half out of five. I think it's not a perfect film. Like, I didn't really uh, get the same, like, wow as I did... 
for like Lady Bird, Manchester by the Sea. But I still think like it's just a really, really beautiful film that I think almost anyone can relate to. Like, um, because like the movie just really, really tiny spoiler here. Like, it's there no, are just features- don't. Just don't. Just, just don't? don't okay, we'll, we'll, we'll don't save it for work to do. We'll save end. it for later. Thanks. Okay, okay. Just but, like, I on. think uh, people in, like, you know, if you're, like, in your later teenage years, adults or old people, I think people in most stages of life can relate to this film one way or another. And um, uh, it definitely offers you a new perspective on life. And that is why I recommend this to absolutely everyone. And I think it's a fantastic film. Did you say you gave it a four and a half? Yeah, I gave it a four and a half. That's crazy. Um, I was also crying. I I also gave it four and a half. Oh, okay. I missed that. You guys are crazy. Um, Again, this is coming from... Wait, you are also crying? Oh, for a different reason. One one of very few people who didn't like it. So you guys are on the the majority here. So you win. Yeah, yeah. But wait, um, you said you were also crying? Yeah, no, I was also crying, but that was because there was a bug in my eye. Yeah, okay, I was like, yeah, that's for a different um, reason. But Peter, as the loser of the Predacritic game, you have a job to do. I do you have yeah. to summarize this movie in two minutes. Okay, can you do it? Honestly, not bad. Not a bad film to yeah. do it. You know, spoiler alert. Pew, 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 pew. Thank you. Spoilers beyond this point. Uh, so, Peter, I have the timer. No, I don't. I have the timer. Uh, ready? Are you ready? Let's let's do it. Okay, go. Three, two, one, go. So the movie features like two main characters, Hayson, Hayson, and uh, Nora. Nor and they're both from South Korea. They grew up together. They have this really intimate friendship going. And then when she was twelve, Nora's family immigrated to America, and then they sort of like fell out of touch. And then twelve years later, when they're in the twenties, all of a sudden they reconnect based on a random Facebook comment. On Nora Dad's uh, Nora's Dad's new film, and then they reconnect. They Skype each other a bunch of times, but then they realize that even though they have have so much feeling for each other, they just can't find a feasible way to see each other anytime soon. So Nora decides to call the relationship off, and that's when she meets Arthur, who's uh, another like uh, artist person who um, that she met in her artist residency. And they sort of grew apart after that. And then another 12 years later, Nora is not married to Arthur and uh, um, they are living in New York. And they were married partly for love and partly because Nora needs a green card to keep staying in the United States. So it's sort of like a mixed, sort of a mixed situation going on there. And uh, then she finds out that Soon is actually going to come visit her in New York um, soon. And then they meet up, so much emotion, like, um, so much things to say to each other. And uh, Arthur, at that point, feels a little bit, like, um, some doubt with his relationship because he feels like he's not meant for her. She deserves someone more special. And uh, that is is sort of, like, when the movie also wraps up as well. Like, it ends with, like, basically, Heisun and Nora having a really deep conversation about past lives and Inyoung. Basically, them saying that, hey, this might just be a past life and we'll be in a relationship in the future, in the next life. And then it ends with Nora walking back to her apartment, send, sending Heisun to the airport. Is that? You're is done. That, is that, You're is that good? Did I miss that was anything? Good. That was a good job. Okay. I didn't think you were going to have trouble recapping a movie that is... 90 minutes? 100? Just a bit over more. Four? I think 100. it's 145. 
106. Yeah, but that translates to one an hour 45. So, okay, yeah, okay. it's yeah. it's a relatively short movie. Not yeah. quite 90, but um, good job. Those are the two most harmful words in the English language. Um, <laughs> that's a whiplash reference. Uh, now, the question, what was your favorite part? Peter, let's hear from you. Okay, um... Do we want to get into cinematography at all? Or do we just want to sure. stick... Sure, just whatever, say what your favorite part is. Whatever your heart desires. Um, Answer the I'll, question. I'll, I'll, I'll do, like, a unique favorite part to get us started then. Actually, like, uh, one, of the, one of the shots, one of my favorite shots, is uh, when they first... I, I find, like, the border agency shots in this film somehow really, like, really unique and, like, interesting. Uh, it's when they first arrived, I think, at Canada, actually. Yeah, I think uh, they were announcing it's a Pearson's airport. Um, yeah. And there's this shot where um, Nora's parents were com- uh, conversing with, like, the, the border agent over the desk. And this sort of, like, shot slowly pans down. And you see, like, uh, you know, like, like four people, like, in four different directions, but somehow all fit into the same shot. It's sort of Wes Anderson-esque. I don't, I don't know, like, composition-wise. But I thought that was, like, a super cool shot. And then um, there's, like, another sort of border agency interaction scene later on when they were uh, coming back into the U.S. And, like, the whole interaction and how that's structured. I mean, less less pretty than the first one, but also, like, kind of unique, you know. I just thought that was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. No, I agree. Nice. That, was, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I had to guess what your favorite part was, I would not have guessed the border crossings. That is an interesting, <laughs> that is no, a unique no, no. answer to this question. I, I mean, I mean, like, that, I just thought that was a really cool shot. I, I mean, is it a favorite part? Probably not, but like, really cool shot. Okay, no. sure. Uh, Aiden, what would you say is your favorite part? Uh, we'll get into some of the specifics as to why I like this so much uh, later, but I really, really like, there's a part in the movie where they're kind of... Um, this is the first time that the two main characters have actually like reunited like in mm-hmm. person. So like he's in mm-hmm. New York and the way that the shot choice that is used when they meet each other and the side of the frame that they are on and the way that they juxtapose that with editing with them playing as kids, I think is like really, really smart. I think, I think it's really genius actually. And I think, uh, I, I really, really, really enjoyed that. And we'll get into some of the, I don't like, it's kind of my whole spiel of the movie as to why I like it so much, but I think it's an example of this movie having very strong visual language and visual storytelling. This is the um, the meeting up at the park, right? Yeah. Beside the pond? Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I guess I'll give my favorite. Usually our favorite parts take us down crazy tangents, and this is like the most straight. <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. I got you. a I brief, got you. succinct answer and be like, cool, next. Um, my favorite part. The ending, <laughs> got you. Just kidding. I'll give the real one. Um, I liked. I liked the part. There was one shot where I think it was Sung in the New York hotel lobby or something, eating by himself, and it was this sad kind of isolation. Is it through like, the window? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think so. And like high, very yeah. high angle, and he's in a weird corner, like boxed in or something. Uh, that was cool. I like and that. you could tell he was eating a burger too. By the way, I I couldn't tell. Maybe <laughs> you were paying attention to what he was eating. Yeah, I was I was to that particular detail, of course, foodie yeah. over here. Um, 
Cool. So it seems we've all talked about shots. So yeah. visual direction. This is actually interesting because um, it's Celine's song. Yeah, is her name. She comes from a play background. Uh, I, I don't know if she's a playwright or a director of plays. Uh, director, playwright, and screenwriter. Um, but so it's interesting that the visuals were so strong in this movie, uh, which yeah. which they definitely are. Um, I think right down the alley of like what A twenty four likes in the the films they distribute. Um, Celine very much like doesn't go for like traditional coverage and finds like interesting ways to shoot a scene and looking at I think details which is really nice there's yeah. lots of details wide shots there was a lot of good wide shots that I liked um, and I think also she plays with like shadow and focus a little bit I, I did see this a while ago so focus I'm, for I'm sure. starting to forget but what, I, what I'll say and I got into this I got into this a little bit in my non-spoiler review but I really really love like the passage of time and the influence of time and the people you pass and the people that you um, interact with in your life are really important themes. And I like how there are a lot of shots that are just like simple trucking shots that are just kind of passing along a bunch of people who are all out of focus. And it's this idea that like any one of these people could be someone who's really important, could be someone that maybe in a past life or whatever, or in another life you have this great relationship with, but for now, within this life, they're just people you pass by. And it's this slow kind of sprawling thing. Like, I think this the visual language really gave me this impression of like time is time is like time is like a flat circle a little bit. Like this idea to I've been watching True Detective, so that's why that phrase is stuck time in my head. Time is a flat uh, circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this idea that it's like it's like simultaneously something that goes by in the blink of an eye, but also something that just like doesn't it doesn't change everything. Not everything changes with time, but some things do. And I, like I, th I think that the perspective on that is really really great. And I think that there's a lot of that in general where it's like the characters are being looked at, and I think they're being looked at in a similar way by the camera throughout the throughout the three main sections but i also think there are slight variations that like give this impression of sameness but also difference throughout time and within one's character and i think that i i i really really loved the visual direction in this movie for those reasons interesting peter do you have any takes on the cinematography well i just thought like <clears throat> like when we actually look at the visual of this film, it's actually nothing complex, in my opinion. Like, yeah. you know, from just a very basic, I mean, I'm sure most people picked up on this. When uh, they're saying goodbye to each other when she's about to leave Korea, yeah. uh, one person is heading sort of straight and then she's going up the stairs, you know, the physical separation. And like, that's been used a lot throughout the film, you know, whether it's um, yeah. th another really really uh obvious example is at the very end when they're at the bar you know uh the two gentlemen were like sitting on two sides and nora was sitting in the middle and there's literally like a physical separation <clears throat> between arthur and uh, hasten and when nora leaves to go to washroom i presume then they can actually communicate because that the the thing separating them and also yeah in the bar 
you know, like, uh, and, and I love how this movie opens, by the way. I think it's such a cool way to open. It's like, just like a random couple probably just gossiping. Oh, who do you think these people are? Um, and uh, that that was also like really cool. Just, just like see her attention. Like she's, even though there are two people on both sides of her, she like her head is like fully turned towards Heisun and talking to Heisun. Like you can obviously see like, like the 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 husband Arthur's like really uncomfortable in the situation. Yeah. So like really simple visual language that are just so effective and powerful that you know works. Yeah, and like I, like I said, I think Billy on exactly what you're saying in that scene. What's so great is like the way that the coverage plays with editing too. Like how throughout the conversation between the three in the bar, like the the husband is like phased out gradually. Mm-hmm. And the coverage yeah. changes that, like, he's not, he's almost, like, non-existent at a certain point anymore. And then it chooses really good times to bring him back into it. And, like, suddenly he's present again. Um, yeah, and I, I think it does that really well. And I also like that opening a lot, Peter. The opening is very interesting. Um, I liked when she looked at the camera. That was fun. Um, I think that... Oh, I have um, one more thing to say about cinematography, too. But you... Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Sure. Yeah, um, the posture of the actors is great in this movie. The actors are doing really, really good physical acting. I think, um, like, just oh. like the way the way they're sitting. I don't. I don't mean like I they, like they have facts. really good posture. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Classically like, trained. The, the way they sit, the way that they physically respond to each other, the way that they like kind of some of them like sit into their body. Like, I love the way how um, how Nora is like she kind of like she sits back in this like relaxed way particularly like on the stairs um when uh the the, the what's the guy's name arthur arthur other guy hey soon hey soon when he first gets to new york like and they're talking in that like by the water there like the way they're sitting around each other is like it's this like there's a lot of tension just in like the image itself where it's like they're kind of like both trying to be relaxed but clearly aren't and i think like the shot choice really exemplifies that by just, or this, sorry, uh, emphasizes that by just like it's composing a really good two shot and just letting them be there together. Like the use of two shots, I think, is really good in this movie. Sorry, Peter, what are you saying? And also, like in the exact same shot, like holy shit, they're yeah. literally around bunch of couples that are all kissing. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's, and that's a constant thing in the film. There are always couples in the background. I know. Or something. Yeah. It's that, like okay. For for me, that's something where I was like, okay, come on, like that. that for me, that was a little eye rolly of like, I can clearly see what you're doing here, and it's maybe a bit much. But okay, but what does that mean? I'll put taste. you on. I'll put you on the spot then. What does that mean? Because I don't think that that's a clear, like I don't think that's an exact. I don't think it's so obvious what they're saying by that. It's okay. <laughs> You've got the couple. The, they're not a couple, but the two people who have this romantic kind of sort of relationship and then all around them is, like, love. And I just think that having, like, ex- it was exclusively people either making out or on dates. There was no one who was just walking by themselves. Like, I think there's a degree of subtlety where you can have a mixture where there's not none and there's not only. I what think I'm saying... Can- what I'm saying, I think there's even admission, an admission in your answer there. There is subtlety because I think it is more than just there's love around them, like like because the idea of like of being an onlooker and like 
projecting your own ideas onto the people that you see is very, very important. And so like the way that you perceive these couples and the way we perceive each other in relation to each other is very important to this movie. And so I think like, so it's subjective. You're saying, is it a subjective view of the, the scene? So like we're seeing it through the character's lens, perhaps? No, not necessarily. I'm saying that like the shot is composed in such a way that like we are supposed to be like, especially it ties in with the opening where like a person is not to you the exact same as what they are to another person. And from like the perspective of anyone, any individual, the same person is a different person given their experiences with them and what they have projected and the things that they associate. And so that also applies to strangers and it ties into the beginning. It's like, if you saw that scene at the bar, like, what do you think? Like, what are like, what is, what is the meaning that you associate with these people? What is like the, the text being written amongst them? You know, when, when you're, when you're reading people in real life. And so this idea of like, cause not all the couples are doing the same thing. And so it's, it's, if you do notice it, you look and you see how some sit, some are doing this, some sit in a certain way, some react this way around each other. And considering like how focused this movie is on relationships and like what they mean and how they mean different things to different people, I think that it is really important to do that. And I don't think it's overbearing because I think that there are a lot of scenes where I think the focus is strong enough in the scenes that you can easily just like not be paying attention to it. And then you just notice it every now and then. Sure. I, I agree. And I think um, with this movie and especially being like the two people in that scene, being Nora and Heisung, like they both have this understanding of Yin Yung that they both know. So like, like for them, you know, they understand the significance of, you know, in order for two people to date in this lifetime, you know, there's just so much in their past lives happening already. So that's one thing. And then the other one is to sort of, like to the audience, like there is obviously some romantic tension between yeah. Nora and Heisung. And yeah. in order for them to, you know, to just hold back to this, like, excru- like for us, it's excruciating. It's like, oh my God, you two obviously like each other. Uh, but like for them, because their life has put them in a circumstance they that they can't be with each other anymore, at least not in a good way to, that will, uh, that won't ruin each other's lives. You know, um, they need to be the one to sort of practice discipline and actually like hold themselves back in order for them to preserve the peace that they have now it's just like and amongst like you know so much romantic tension in there because a bunch of people kissing making out whatever it's just like you know like it hurts man like see you see seeing these two act this way and uh, and also like the the amount of restraint they need to show in order for uh, to preserve this sort of peace that they have between each other yeah um this might just be like okay from from my perspective i actually find this movie like rather emotionally distant at times i don't think necessarily the whole time but i think a lot of the time the camera even chooses an objective perspective and i can't think of a lot of instances i think maybe there's times where we a movie doesn't have to pick one, so it switches it up. Sometimes it's subjective and getting with the characters and um, getting closer, but a lot of the times it's choosing wides so that your eye can look between the characters and 
you know, make up your own story, I suppose. But um, for that reason, I would say I was not, I was not hoping they would have, uh, I don't know, I was not hoping they'd get together so bad that it hurt me, you know? I didn't feel that. Um, but I will say another pro uh, in the column of cinematography, the shot in the, the subway where um, the, they're in a different car and the camera is in, uh, the camera and the, the people are in different cars and then the cars turn a corner or something and the window lines up and you see them and also they're, they're almost like touching on the, the subway pole thing. Um, great stuff. I, I remember seeing that in the trailer and that's kind of what sold the movie for me. There was a time where I was excited to see this movie, so it's not like a, that. But um, that being said, I will say for cinematography, there was one scene that I did not like how it was filmed. Uh, I was actually found it quite bad. Um, it's when Nora and Arthur are in bed, and it's it's not oh, quite as dark. It's so dark. It's so it dark and blue, muddy. and I can't see anything. Muddy is a great word. Um, Wait, is light it the... your night scenes? Don't be afraid of lighting your night scenes. It can be motivated by something, a source, or doesn't have to be. We can just light the scene so I can see it. Wait, that's is my the PSA, fried chicken all. scene? Is that is that the one you're referring to? No, no, it's after. I think it's after uh, the first day with Heisung. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think it's that egregious because, like, yeah, I didn't find that one that bad. It, it is it is muddy for sure, and I think that like you can definitely get some more texture in there. I do like it. Sh- I think it should be lit differently than that. But there actually, I think there is actually some value in not being able to quite read their faces and having like having a little bit of emotional distance from them. There, I actually think is really important. But yeah, I, I that's that's not the best one. But I, I, I don't know. It's also just one scene. It is one scene. Fair enough. I just wanted to give my lighting, my contrast PSA. Um, well, let's talk about characters. Yeah, Hell let's talk about yeah. characters. Sure. So, I mean, obviously we're going to have different takes on this, but I can only speak for myself. Um, I think, and I'll, I'll elaborate on what I was saying in my non-spoiler review. Basically, my issue with this is I don't I don't know who Nora is on her own. I don't know what her interior life is like. Whereas, I know she's a writer, but that's about it. I feel like the movie really frames her in her relation to other men, specifically. Um, it's a lot of, like, who she is with Heisung and who she is with Arthur. I don't know who she is. And... I think Arthur gets a lot of complex kind of feelings to play with, right? He he knows he's feeling jealousy and he is trying he's he's quite admirably handling it well. He's saying like even though he you know has strong negative feelings about all of what's going on, he's being quite supportive and trying his best uh despite also like like just having like self um, confidence issues or not confidence, um, self worth. I think a little bit. Anyways, um, I also think Hae Sung's 
maybe even a little more developed as one of two different options. But I, yeah, for me, I didn't think Nora was super well developed. I disagree. Thoughts. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair yeah, enough. I disagree with that. I think that Nora is. So the movie is past lives, right? And I think that it's talking sure about is. it's talking about past lives. I think both on like it's getting you to think about the concept of reincarnation, sure. I think more importantly actually, it's talking about the different people you are throughout your life and mm-hmm. like and that makes sense. So Nora leaves Korea and is not able to speak the same language that she grew up speaking. And so there's a certain, like, there's literally a way of thinking that she is barred from that no one can really give her where she is. And we know that from, like, a few things. Like, so we know that she only speaks Korean with her mom. She says that when she's talking to um, to Haesun. Um, and we also know that uh, when she talks about how, like, her Korean friends in America are not, like, Korean, they're, like, Korean-American. She's talking about that. And so it's, like, there's a part of herself that she feels like she doesn't have access to. And the reason why Heisun is so important is because th- what he represents to her is access into a part of her that she felt like she had to like kill off. And I think that like that's that's a, that's depicted really really well. And so like she's struggling with what I think is genuine love for her husband, but she's a split person. She's someone who's been split in two. And I think that like like that's represented both by the the conflict between the two men, but also like just within herself as well. Like she talks about like I don't cry anymore, and like 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 all these things that like are separate things that she has access to that she doesn't feels like she doesn't have access to anymore, and that's why this relationship is so compelling for her. And again, like tying into this idea of like people mean different things to different people, and and I think that. Like that that's a really like profound struggle because it's both a struggle on the level of just she is just love for this person, but also just on the level of like this is what like like it's it's like fighting to like understand herself. And I, I also really like how in the end, like she cries in the end and it's this idea of like she doesn't have exact access to this older version of herself, but there's like it, it's not just like it washes away. Um I don't know. I mean, like, I don't need to know more about, like, what she does in day-to-day other than, like, being a writer and different things. I think you could probably dissect that and talk about what's important about that. But, um, no, I I think that she actually has really interesting conflicts. Nice. We need a signal to be, like... You've gone over time. We need like no, a... I can't. No, <laughs> no I'm, that I'm, was fine. No, I'm vetoing that. I can't. You, I cannot explain my thoughts. If let I'm him not, cook. I'm a whole thing. Let him cook. Okay. Um, rebuttal. I will say that I think I I have read this movie as a story of like a like an immigrant story, and I think that reading of the film resonates. But more it can, for that me. can But that can apply to anyone. Like the ideas can be applied to anyone, but yeah. Anyway, sure. Okay, let me cook. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the two men representing her two homes, right? The, her past self in Korea and just Korea in general, and then Arthur representing New York and just like, I guess the Western world, whatever. But he's also a writer, which is kind of her new life. Um, 
I, I see that as very interesting. And so then reading the goodbye, there's more meaning baked into it of like saying goodbye to her, her former home, her past life again. I think that's, that means more to me, not from personal experience, but just like that, like I, I understand, I guess. Um, beyond being symbols of those things of, you know, immigrants and the, the former home and the current home. Um, again, I don't think I didn't see, uh, I didn't see the level of nuance I was looking for, I guess. Um, but I don't think I'm going to change on that. That's just, you know what, opinion. And I'm not, I'm not going to like over, I'm not going to re-explain myself on that. Like, that's just, that's a vibe, man. So, uh, Peter, what did you think though? I think, um, like I actually focused less. So like, I guess like I relate to a lot of things that she, she gone through, like being an immigrant myself and everything. Um, but actually like I focused less so on the immigrant part of the story. I'm more so on like the romance of the love part of the story. And I thought like, like this movie, like if we look at the two goodbyes in parallel, like in the first time and the second time and how these two reacted. Cause like, if you think about it, the last time that Hasten and uh, Nora saw each other before the um, they finally meet up again in New York was when they were 12 years old and saying goodbye. And like to, to the parallel between the two sort of farewell scenes is actually really interesting. Cause like in the first time it was very much like, we don't understand what is going on. Like it's very sudden, very rushed and we're saying goodbye. And this time there's just so much more significance in the goodbye compared to the first time. And there's just so much weight into it that I thought that was really beautiful. But anyways, on your comments about, um, you know, you don't feel like Nora's as well developed as a character and less nuanced. I think it's different between movies. Like there are like, for example, science fiction films that I want to know. It's like, oh, how does this mechanic works? How does this work in this world? But there are also stories where you only need a limited understanding of the characters in order for the stories to work. And this is like one of the stories that I don't need to know more. Like if I know more, I feel like, you know, it's almost like intruding upon the mystery that, that that's supposed to be there in this story. Like, like, I don't need to know. It's like what Nora, you know, did in the 12 years. I just need to know that, oh, she's married now. Uh, and like, and she still has feelings for Hazen. And what happened in Hazen in the meantime? Like, I just need short snippets in order for me to appreciate and enjoy the story. I don't really need like a full summary or synopsis of what went down in these 12 years or what happened in like the, the lives. Of I don't think that's years. a good summary of what my argument was. I think you're yeah. paraphrasing it incorrectly, but oh, okay, okay, sure, sorry. man. Anyways, Aiden, I, you, you yeah. raise your hand. So yeah, I was going to say like, I don't think like, well, it definitely is an immigrant story. And I think that that's an integral part of it. I think that like, and especially I like the way that it, it the exact, like the specific um, use of language and communication yeah. and communication breakdown, not just in difference between Korean and English, but also just over Zoom and how that's a different form of communication. It's like used that's, as a backdrop. In my that's interesting yeah. too. But yeah. I, I think that very much those ideas of like older parts of yourself and older lives that you've lived within your life and like things you can't access and people who only know people who know you a certain way and 
how that makes you change your behavior. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like there are people you meet who remind you of certain parts of yourself that you had forgotten about. There are certain people that represent different things to you. And I think that I don't think it's fair to just say it's an immigrant story about having two homes. Cause I think like, cause you said it's without nuance. I think even within like that's to me, that's a bit of a reductionist explanation of what's going on here. So if you, if you explain that's... it without nuance, then it doesn't have nuance. But I think okay. that it has a lot more nuance than that. Okay, I feel like you guys are giving me bad faith interpretations <laughs> of my arguments. I'm saying that the reading of the film thematically that gave more of a intellectual stimulation for me was the immigrant story, whereas yeah. I got nothing no, that's fair. That's from fair. the romance. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. That's fine. That's, the romance that's not... did nothing for me. Which That's not why... contradictory from what I'm saying. You're saying That's... that I'm that I'm looking at it only one way, which is not no. true. I'm saying no. I'm tr- That's not true. That's not what I'm saying. <sighs> okay. <whatever. laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll say. Okay. I'll say my last piece, and then like let's not. I won't. I won't reset. I have it. other points. No. About... Yeah. What I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is that like I don't think it's fair to like just what, to even just frame it like this is an immigrant story. I don't think that's even really the main focus i think this movie is specifically trying to do a more general thing and i think it's doing a, a, a good job of that there's a I'm shot where like, there's a shot where the two of the sung and nora are on a boat circling the statue of liberty it's an yes, immigrant yes. story no oh my <laughs> fucking god you're, here, but you're, you're saying that as if you're saying that as if that's different from what I'm saying, but I'm saying it's weaving in this grander narrative about past lives with an immigrant story in a way that can apply to a bunch of other people, but also applies to this specific thing. And even within that one scene, like there's a really great line where they see it, they see the Statue of Liberty from one way, and then they're talking and they're talking, and like they go along like the passage of the water, and then they see it from another perspective, and it's like now that's a different thing. Now we're seeing this thing differently on the other side of the passage of time. Like even within the example you give, there's more going on there. I don't. Okay, now I'm now I'm the one to say is I don't know how that's contradictory to what <laughs> I'm saying. I don't like I'm I'm labeling it as a story about immigrants, but. Whatever. Let's just. I. I, I want to not continue talking about this. Peter, what's your. What's up? No, I think. Like, I think your interpretation is fine. It's like um, the love story didn't really work for you. So, like, you're focusing. You think like the immigrant. The immigrant interpretation of the film is more interesting. Is that what you're trying to get at? Correct. Maybe? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, no, I, I mean, that. that's fair. Like that's like I mean, <laughs> I love love story stuff is subjective. So I, I I don't have a problem with that. I think that's that's fine. Did you have an actual point, or you just yes, I do. It? Yeah, do. Okay. I want to talk about <laughs> another character that a one sure. that, a character that you actually like, and actually uh, I think he's very well developed as well. Uh, I want to talk about Arthur. So initially, when I was watching the movie, I was like. Arthur, what the fuck are you doing, man? This is self-sabotage behavior you're Most engaging. You're like, you're like, dude, it's like, oh my god, you're meant for each other. Like, I'm nothing compared to him. I'm so normal. He's like this special, like, childhood sweetheart from Korea. I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You're literally not helping yourself. But then, as the movie was going on, I was sort of thinking, like, why the fuck would he do that? But then, it's like, 
it's it's so weird but this is so human like this is exactly what we do you know it's like in these situations where we're literally like we already have like um maybe he has like existing like self-worth problems or something like that i don't know but like it's sort of these things get amplified when uh, you're put in a situation like this and you're really questioning if like you are right for this person in your life that you know that you sort of got married to under like not just pure love because like they said it in the movie and they said it very openly that it's because you know they were in the same artist residency and then they met each other and also she really needs a green card so she can stay in the country so that's why she just they decide to get married really quickly so like it's not just pure love so already there is this sort of mix of doubt within the relationship and Hasun's appearance and arrival just amplify that and i just find that like even though it's so strange upon first look but like everything he says and does is just so understandable and human and i just thought like whoever wrote the script thumbs up to you and his performance absolutely amazing like um there's really a sense of like should i be in her life do i do i deserve her this sort of feeling in his delivery and i just thought that was lovely like that's really beautiful yeah and i think what i like what i like about him as well is that like i think within your saying is that within what you're saying as well is that like like they also do genuinely love each other in a way too like i I think that that's made pretty clear as well like it's not like that there's complexities to that and there's nuance to it but i i i think it's really like that relationship and how the two of them treat it differently and like how the two of them express love differently and what the two of them mean to each other and how that's not necessarily the same thing. Like, I think that that's, I think that that's really well done. And so I think that like, he is a really good character in and of himself, but also just the relationship between him and Nora is also really well written. Yeah. Like I said earlier, like he was, I think the most, the best written character. I mean, I don't think we're going to agree on that necessarily. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say best, but I, I also wouldn't rank it to be fair, but yeah. (laughs) this is just coming out of a a feeling that the other there was only three characters that the other two were flat so by necessity the only one was going to be more complex and i think he's a character that i i was probably going to find annoying because i'm like shut up let the let the romance yeah but also (laughs) just like the fact that he's kind of like a little bit pathetic that makes him sympathetic i think is what makes that work um, well, I think that he's honest too. Like he's yeah. like yes. Like he's a he's being very honest, and he's not trying to be like deceitful and like he's dealing with his feelings in like a somewhat ma- like a pretty mature way. And so I think that like yeah, it's it's a strength of the movie that you don't necessarily just go like nah, break up with him, break up with him. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like I, I personally like I wasn't like rooting super hard for Nora and Hayseun by the end of the movie. Like I I I honestly was probably rooting for her to not get with him. Because I was just like, well, no, like, you have this guy, like, you built this whole new life. But I think it's really interesting. Like, I think the conflict there is really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, what can we say? Um, okay, I have one more point about Arthur. I think, oh, yeah, okay. um, then, yeah, cool. like, and on top of all that, I think it's just, um, like, there's just always, like, especially, like, when they're hanging out in the bar, like, like, especially when you see how, like, Nora's is completely facing Heisun and everything. Like, I feel like in his, like, expression and everything, he can feel her almost slipping away. And he's scared, too. You know what I mean? 
And yeah. I feel like, um, especially when he's talking, like he has this sort of dry voice that gives you the sense of like, is like a deeply melancholic person. <laughs> and, uh, and like it, at the very end, it's like, um, like, like, like I feel like he, like he, sometimes it's like, even though the other person loves you, but because you, the fact that you question it, you sort of feel like that love is fake too. I don't know if you guys know what I'm getting at, but like, um, it, it it's it's like um, this sort of self-imposed doubt on Nora's love for him, and I think like the fact that he's he's not that big of a character to be honest. Like in terms of the dialogue-wise, he's like probably sure. like the smallest out of the three main characters, and the fact that he we got all of that out from like a much smaller role compared to the uh, Heisun and Nora, it's just very impressive and really cool. Yeah. Last thing on characters, yeah. I won't go into my spiel. I also think Heisun is a very interesting character. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on that I think is really interesting. I don't know if it's worth getting into. Really? Well, oh, wait, you, actually I'm interested to hear this. Well like I was I, gonna I, I was gonna say like I wanted to get into my point, which I've called Is it Inyun, but it it encompasses a bunch of stuff. Um I mm, so I'll give my counter argument, and maybe this will lead into your point. Sure. In that, I don't know. I find it odd that she leaves when she's twelve, and looking at it purely from uh, not a thematic standpoint, and from entrenched in the realities of the characters, why he is obsessed with her twelve years later. At twenty-four, why is he obsessed with the girl? he knew at 12. That is something that I cannot... I have um, an answer for you. ...get over. <laughs> if, if we're not looking at it thematically... Like, thematically, or That's like... not a real distinction. In a, real in, distinction. A, in a... Well, okay, no, let me explain. So, like, if you're looking at it from, like... Like, this is an epic, or... Um, I want to say lore, legend. Like, a more abstract story as opposed to a very real story. If you sure. look if this is if we imagine that as a spectrum, leaving someone at 12 and being so obsessed with them that you're going to see them 24 years later in New York and you can't stop thinking about it, like that makes sense more on the lore legend side for me. Again, this is all subjective, so you know other people are well, going to okay. other things, but I felt this movie was more or less leaning to the realism. So that's that's my problem. What did you think about Hazung, though? Yeah, so I'll say, like, for one thing, I do want to point out the 24 years gap. Like, they basically dated between that. Like, like the 12-year mark, like, they essentially dated. Like, that was a long-distance relationship is essentially what they did. But, like, when, all, okay. Wait, wait, when? When so they're Skyping. In this, but that so, was, how long was that, like a year? That's 12 years. Yeah. Well, it's 12 years. Yeah. They so were dating the for 12 of... years. No, I know. I know. I'm saying it's okay. like a, like okay. a year-long span. But I'm saying, like, what I mean when I say that the distinction between, like, why are the characters doing it and what is the thematic reason, I don't think those are that different in this movie. I agree that I under I do understand what you're saying. It's like a writer's perspective of, like, okay, well, I know... Like, I know I want the characters to do this thing because it means that, but how do I motivate it? Like, is that mm -hmm. kind of the... Like, that's kind of the vibe? I think well, he's asking mainly but, about, like, in the first 12 okay. years. It's like, yeah. when she leaves when she's 12, sure. and 
why does he look for her when they're in their yeah, 20s? Because yeah, as, a human be- as a human being, not looking at it from a filmmaker or a writing perspective, the no, second 12 years, that makes sense. You've dated as adults over Zoom, then that's something maybe there's like un- unchecked desire that you never got over. Sure, I buy that. The first 12 years, you were children. You were Kate, in fifth grade or something. I don't know. It's it's what they mean to each other, and it's what... It's the the way that Nora makes him view himself that's important. Like, a really good aspect of this character is that he feels like a failure. Like, he thinks he is a failure. And that is, like, a clear Does thing. He? That is Yes! He's that constantly is something talk- literally did not read. He is constantly... Okay. That's I don't remember. I saw he, it a while ago, he, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. He's constantly talking about how, like, yeah, like, I'm just ordinary. Like, oh, I was supposed to do this. And as a kid with Nora, he was an overachiever. Those mm-hmm. two together were, like, the team. And, like, they were they were constantly competing. And he felt like Nora brought out the best in him. And I think that it really gives home this feeling that, like, he has not, like, felt like he is competent. And, like, he has had the best brought out of him in those 12 years. And I don't think that that's actually that much of a stretch. Like it's the same, it's a similar thing as like, if you did really well in school, like when you were like 12 and then for whatever reason that dropped off, like there are people that are still pining after that and like still thinking about that and still being like, yeah, like I was a gifted kid or whatever. And it's like trying to hold on. Sledgehammer man? Yeah, sort of. But uh, yeah, I think that like, yeah, sort of. But I, I think that, like, it's also important to note that he's just, like, passively looking out for her. I don't think... He's not, like, obsessed with her at the first 12-year mark. It's just that, like, he just put out a Facebook post that's like, hey, I used to go to school with this girl. And I I buy that he's been thinking about her because, again, he doesn't... He's not where he wants to be in life. And she reminds him of a time when he felt like he was excelling and doing well and, like, he was top of whatever. Um... And so, like, it's just, like, a passive thing that he reaches out. And then when they see each other, it's, it, it like, feels important. And, yes, that's thematically important because it's, like, this idea of in young and whatever in past lives. But I think it also just, like, I buy that. I buy that given where those two characters are at, that one of them feeling like she doesn't have access. They both feel like they don't have access to this past self. And for whatever reason, they want it. And they bring it out of each other. And so, like, they're using each other to access past ver- past versions of himself that, for whatever reason, they crave. I like that reading. I do think that, I like, I see it. I see the... Uh, it's, it's coming back to me, but, like, the, the failure aspect, I... For me, I don't think there was enough of it. I think, especially for him, like, I think if that was something they wanted to drive home, of feeling like a failure... I didn't feel like I got enough of his side. It is centered from Nora's perspective, so there's a given that there's not going to be as much for him. Um, honestly, I might have liked this movie better if it was longer. I think that for a story about past lives, and it feels like a grander story than what ultimately came out. I think... Well, let me cook. I think more... Yeah. I needed more time with Nora as a person by herself if the whole point is who Nora is at different times that's something that I'm just going to need because I feel like for again for a story about who you used to be I don't know who she used to be 
I don't know who she is. I don't know any of that because I haven't seen her on her own. I haven't, or like little bits, but I don't, I don't get a sense of who this character is. And that's a problem for me. But okay, but you don't. I would argue you don't need to see her on her own in this movie. Yeah, you don't, don't need that to appreciate the story because it's about relationships and it's about how like the different kinds, of, the different relationships she's getting, she gets into, and how that reflects who she is and what she's been going through and how she's changed. I, I think you do get enough of that in in each thing, and I guess that that's just an agree to disagree. Like I think you get that enough. And as for the runtime. One of the things I love about this movie a lot is that it does treat these really grand ideas with just a really simple story. And I I don't think I don't think this should be long. I actually think that like I I don't I cannot imagine what like another scene of this movie would be. I don't I don't think that they should have done that. I think I mean, ending is like abrupt with purpose. You know what I mean? Like I did. Well, that's not, I did. My the ending is not the problem. I did that's, feel like you know a little unsatisfied at the end, but I do think it is the correct way to end it. I don't feel unsatisfied at all. I think maybe the last half an hour is where it was always supposed. Oh to yeah, end yeah, up. yeah. I think, and I think it, the most definitely of the best new, parts. Were most there. of the yeah. New York sightseeing bits are more or less what they should be. I, I, I think my problem is in the setup, personally. Again. I think I think this I don't also think that's hinges... a length problem though. Even if like you want it differently, I don't think that's a runtime thing. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I think also personally, I again I, I I might have said this already, but I never felt the chemistry super strongly between Hazung and Nora. I just didn't. Sorry, sure. but um, I I very much did. I'll say that I I very much did I, as well. The scenes with each other I felt were very tense. Yes. And I I think I think again the issue for me is. They met when they were 12, so I don't... Re- and this, it's so short when we see them at the start that I don't know really why he likes her. I guess it's the... It was the competitive angle we were talking about. And I think... It's- I think I was starting to, like, feel it in the Zoom. But when, when they're just in New York, it's a lot of staring at each other. Yeah, because they like can't, I- bro. They have so much to say to each other, but they can't. Yeah, but I feel like chemistry is more than that. <laughs> chemistry is more than just staring, like, googly-eyed No, but at it's other, it, that's not know? what they're doing. Like I was saying, like, the posture is very, very important. And, like, the way that they are physically responding yeah. to each other, very, very important. I will say, I think it's less about... This is the last thing I'll say on this, I promise, because I've said this a million times. but Or I've harped on this way too much, but... Um, it's less about how much he liked her when he was 12 and more about the way he's remembering it later in his life. So I don't think it's not important. I don't think it's less important that like he had a crush on this girl when he was 12. It's just the way he's remembering it. That's really important, but whatever. Okay. And I'm going to help you out here. Then I'll get to my point. I think they literally said it in the movie. Um, it's like, I think, uh, when they're saying goodbye, they Uber, um, and he was like, uh, like that that Nora that that you 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 remember me as doesn't exist anymore. I've left her with you. Like I think that's literally yeah. what Nora said. You know, so like literally a piece of herself is like with with him because he represents the past life, like you're talking about of her of the uh, Nora who's like twelve years old in Korea, super competitive, blah blah blah. So. I think uh, I think you're right about that, but I just want to quick quickly talk about why I think, like at least I personally was very convinced that they did 
did have feelings for each other. Um, I then really just like the subtle ways and the uh, the the low key mellow ways that the film used to show that. Like from just really basics, like oh my god, you did better than me in school, and I'm crying that type of shit. Um, to like you know how excited they both were when they were about to jump on a Skype call. You know she's like quickly fixing her hair. You know it's like it's like oh my god, I gotta get home. She's smiling on her way home and everything. And then to like just like super lovely, like literally like virtual sightseeing of skyping through uh through through like a through like a mountain in Korea or something. Uh, and also, uh, you know, like, obviously there's technical difficulty. So, like, one of the ways they represent passage of time is just literally them, hello, can you hear me? Is my mic working? You know, throughout, like, different points in time. Like, I think that's just a super cool and lovely way to show, like, you know, the their relationship evolved in, like, the, the span of, I don't know, 12 months, you said, uh, when they, you know, saw each other again when they were in their 20s. So, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I like the Skype era. Yeah. Brought me back. Um, yeah. I don't have anything more to say. Do you guys have anything you want to bring up? Uh, well, I do. Oh, sorry, you I, go. Peter. I, well, I have something to say about Inyong. I'm I'm not oh. sure if we want to get into that, but Aiden, what sure. were you? Uh... Uh, well, I was gonna. Uh, this is kind of related, but I was just gonna talk about. I really love um, the scene. I've it's written down here with the bisected face, and by that I mean like the statue that is like two faces, but also cool one statue. face that they're playing on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I love that. Um, I love that um, the way that it parallels, like I said, with them meeting in New York and the way that they they align, like their faces align in a similar way to the way the statue is framed and it's edited in such a way that, that draws comparison as well. And like this idea of like, like they, they together, like this concept of a relationship is like being this like living thing. Like I, th- I think that on one level the 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 bisected face fate that's cut into works on like an uh, um, a metaphor for like the past lives thing and how like Nora is split between these two people and um, uh, and so is Hei Sung like in a different in different ways as well. Um, but then I also I think it also ties into an idea of a relationship being like a living breathing thing and like it's almost like a if you look at each person as a text that has like certain meanings and people can, you know, assign different meanings, to different things and whatever. And you're a product of a variety of influences. Like a relationship is almost a thing in its own right. And it's like a, it's a constant mediation and negotiation between two people. And I don't even just mean like a romantic relationship. I just mean like, like what this, what the connection between two people means is so dynamic and so like will so and so subject to change that i think like you it can almost be characterized as like a living breathing thing almost as like it's an it's a person in and of itself such that when you're when you're with that other person like it's almost like you become part of that greater thing and i think that it's when they cut from that to them as adults where there's clear distance between them and it's like they want to be parts of them want to be that thing together but like they they can't and it's this disjunction between them and so i thought it was like i just thought it was a really really good visual metaphor that touches on a lot of things i've been talking about yeah and even nora said during the film it's like i think they were talking about like arguments between her and arthur it's like she she referenced their relationship as planting two trees in the same pot and the roots need time to like you know figure things out uh Yeah. yeah it's really cool
Yeah, that's pretty much all I got, though. That's the last thing I wanted to say. I thought you had something about Inyan, Peter. Yes! Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, cool. I, I just... Okay, this is my favorite part of the film. Uh, the, like, the whole Inyan thing. Um, I think, um, you know, like, we hear these things all the time. It's like, you know, right person, wrong time, it didn't work out. Wrong person, right time, it didn't work out. Oh, it's the wrong person, wrong time. Um, and I think Inyong, like, at least this movie's interpretation of it, just, like, plays so much, like, such a lovely explanation and, um, uh, and, and interpretation of relationships in life. It's, like, the fact that, you know, like, life is kind of crazy. Like, the fact that we are where we are is, like, the accumulation and summation yeah. of, like, millions and thousands of decisions that other people made that the fact that we're seeing a random person on the street it's because they decide to walk that street that day for this reason you know and the reason why they were there in the first place is because a list of a whole bunch of other reasons uh, other decisions that they've made and i think um this movie like the fact that um I, i've always been like uh, really into this sort of interpretation of life and everything and the fact that you're able to represent this in an artistic way on a big screen i think it's just something just surreal to see for me at least uh yeah. and and like the there and then um the the interpretation of uh you know everything that you do in your current life whether it's you know like they they're, they reference like inanimate objects too it's like you know it's like it, we could be branches that uh i could be a branch that you as a bird rested on like in our past lives you know like all these different things connecting to each other is just really lovely and also um sort of places more significance to everyday interactions it's like the fact that we're interacting with each other is because of our past lives and this is happening right now is because of our past lives and uh, lastly i would just bring it all together with their relationship like the fact that Heisun is open to interpreting this as one of their past lives and it's like what would happen in our next life like will we be in a relationship in our next life it's just like 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 we both know like he he wants this in his in this life but like the fact that he's open and mature enough to interpret this like hey like what if this is just one of our past lives and we'll be happy in our in one of our next lives it's just Really, really beautiful stuff, guys. I think, I think, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm gonna cry, bro. <laughs> I don't think that this is a reading thing, but I don't think he yeah. actually believes, like, really that the past life thing. I think it's more of like a, like, she, like, doesn't Nora literally say, like, that's just a thing Koreans say to hook up with people? Yeah, like, but I, it's I also the, like such a beautiful sense, way. Let to me finish. Look at let life. me finish. I get the sense that. Yeah. This is just like him coping. A Don't say that. <laughs> coping, sure. I think it's a metaphor, and so he knows, like he knows that all that really matters is what's happened, like the current life. Whether or not you believe in reincarnation, I think he knows that, like, this is it, and it's just kind of like playfully and like melancholily. That's not a word. Melancholically just like summing up the relationship they're just saying in a more flowery flowery man i'm fucking awful today like with figurative language and such describing their failed relationship right it maybe in a past life you know it's it's playful rumination it's not i don't think they actually think they're gonna be 
in a next life seeing each other you know like i think i think it's i think part of them is he's, he's resigned you know like kind of but i that's i think part of them thinks it and i think that i kind of agree with you though i think it ultimately like doesn't matter whether or not they believe in it because i think that they they do believe that within the past life that they have like they're like the people they used to be within their actual lives. That, yeah. Like they, they did have something. And so, yeah, I think that like, I think it is like an acceptance moment, but also I think that's a little bit of like a, it's a genuine belief that like their relationship is so strong that like it kind of transcends certain boundaries. Yeah. I do. I do think they believe that on a certain level. I think so, it's like one end. It's like him uh, recognizing that there are opportunities in this life is no more but also sort of like there's always hope it's like this could be one of our past lives and in our next yeah. lives you know there could be something you know it's just you know what i just thought of what <laughs> past lives is like guardians 3 i bet we were fun that's a movie oh no <laughs> that's a past life i could get behind that's crazy uh, bro movie's over <laughs> Pred- uh aiden we have a segment we sure do have a segment. So the movie is called the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. We've done the it. Wait, <laughs> podcast versus movies? <laughs> Dude, okay. I think I have, I I say this wrong eight out of ten times, but let's yeah. let me get through it. Okay, the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. I don't know if you've noticed that. We've done the movie part. Now it's time to get into the Predator. This is the segment where we choose, where we decide, would this movie be better if Predator. <laughs> I also say I also say that all the time. Would this movie yeah. be better if the predator from the movie Predator was in it? No, n- no, no, absolutely I'm, not. You did. You could have done a callback where we guess where we guess if Predator was going to be better. Um, oh, true. Yeah. Also, no. Yeah, just really, just really don't know would where not he'd work. <laughs> Maybe really don't see anywhere you could go. <laughs> cop out answer: Somebody's watching the movie on their TV. True. Yeah. That. Uh, Whatever his name is, Arthur was playing something on the PS Five or something. Oh yeah, maybe. There's not even a Predator game, is there? I don't. I don't think there, there is. I think there is. is. There is a game. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know. Peter, we have a different segment that is we more do. interesting than this one. Predators picks. What Ooh. did you guys watch? I, I actually do have a Predators week. pick this week. By wow, the way. Nice. interesting. Yeah. I will start this week. I haven't spoken quite as I. I kind of had less to say at the end, so I'll. Throw in my voice for a little bit. Sure. I've seen four movies this week. Number one, MI3. I always find the M- Mission Impossible like abbreviation funny because MI already has <laughs> one of the I, and then we're doing Roman numerals. And yeah. so then it's, it's M-I-I-I-I. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> Anyways, um, this is the one directed by J.J. Abrams. Not that bad. It's I was not... going to say, in, in my memory, I like this one. It's so. not... It yeah. doesn't reach the highs of every other one after it, sure. or the first one, but like the hate it gets is not necessary. I don't understand. Some people will say that it's better than this, that it's worse than the second one, and it's like that's no, crazy. No, it, no John Woo's is by far like, <laughs> the worst. I hate too. They just hate. Well, t- film Twitter just hates J.J. Abrams so much that they can't. That's like, true. They just I can't don't, accept that he made a decent movie. I don't have that <laughs> strong feelings about J.J. Abrams, so maybe I'm immune to it. It seems like you are as well. But, like, it works. It works yeah. as, like, an action, 
like sure there's some like stupid things and sure it gets better and they like not everything in this movie is perfect but they introduce benji simon Pegg's character the vatican is so fun philip seymour hoffman i yeah. think is inarguably the best villain in any yeah. of these because he just like he's so mad he's so mad <laughs> he's like i'm going to kill you i'm going to kill your wife and fuck you up Dude, and the the part where he's running along like the water there—that's fucking yes. sick. The extended um, shot where he's just sprinting. Yeah, I think it's the longest one. People, uh, that might be a joke, but Aaron Paul is in this, which I forgot. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. But my favorite part is when they're breaking into the Vatican, and he gets on top of the Vatican wall, and he looks to camera. I don't think he doesn't like look down the barrel, but he just says. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, and then like it keeps going. We're supposed to just like forget that he said that. That's so <laughs> this random. insane line, this insane thingy. So I just imagine that like on his missions, he's always talking to himself, yeah. just saying like insane things to make himself laugh. <laughs> like, yeah. like gotta keep it light, gotta recall nursery rhymes or something. I don't know. Yeah. Very funny movie. Yeah, great, great stuff. I watched No Hard Feelings, the new Jennifer Lawrence comedy. Pretty yep. good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, I really like J-Law in comedy, it turns out. Um, her co-star, Barth? I forget what her first name <laughs> That's is. That's a great name. It's not Barf. No hard feelings. Uh, I just want to give his... Andrew Barth Feldman. And I think he's done stuff before. Apparently he was... Um, what's his name? Dear Evan Hansen for a bit. On Broadway or whatever, okay. you know, on Broadway or whatever. But um, yeah, so he he like he has been in stuff before, but like he he truly holds his own against J Law, and I think also is maybe maybe funnier. I think she's really? she's better. She's more acting experience and chops, but I think a lot of the laughs come from him and mm-hmm. his kind of like and like like I can't even call him the straight man because they both they take turns it's the lovely mm. thing in a comedic pairing when neither is the straight man and um the goofy man i don't know what the other one is called the funny <laughs> the man i guess yeah. the, um but like they take turns and it's awesome um there's like a great scene where lawrence is like like they're skinny dipping and these teenagers take their clothes and she fights them fully nude and it's just like that shit uh great stuff <laughs> It gets a little hokey in the third act. Sure. Not not necessarily surprising, but um, it's there were a lot of laughs, and I had a good time. So I, I would recommend that one. That was fun. Nice. I watched In the Mood for Love, because strictly because I knew we were doing this pod, and I wanted something that people had recalled in reference to past lives. They're very similar in tone, in um, pace, and just in, like, it's a romance. It's uh, an Asian-led romance. So I watched In the Mood for Love. I was a little tired. I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. You know what? Intellectually, I was like, you know what? This is, pro- this is pretty good. And there's some bits that I loved. There were some bits that I loved. There's, when it goes slow motion on you and the strings start playing, that's great. I, I do not condone smoking, but smoking looks so cool on film, and the way um, what's his what's his name? I don't want to mispronounce it. Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, that guy. Um, the way he lights, just great. Um, color palette's really nice. Uh, 
It's just, it's a, I think the issue is it's a very emotionally distant film. You can argue whether you found that for past lives, most would argue that that wasn't a problem for them. But for In the Mood for Love, I think maybe more so it's, it keeps you at arm's length a little bit. Um, I, I still think it does, it does in such a way that it's still very emotional though, without you being exactly there with the characters. Yeah. And so I think, I think also just like the style I had to get used to, it's very like, um, almost discontinuity, like in the sense that they'll show a bit of a seemingly random event and then cut to a new scene and you have no idea. It's, it's disorienting for a little bit and it, it does even out and stop doing that after a while. But, um, I think, um, Hmm? sorry, sorry, you go, sorry, you go. I think on revisit, I'll appreciate it more. Yeah. I think this is this is sometimes you need a first watch, and we'll discuss yeah. this with one of something else in our, yeah. in our watches. Is sometimes you need a watch to be like, okay, so that's what this is, and yeah. then a second watch lets you appreciate something more. Maybe mm-hmm. that's even true for past lives. Maybe there was a past life of me watching past lives that I didn't care for, and then in future lives, I'll like it, or I'll be a tree branch. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what were you gonna uh, say, Aiden? I was just gonna say you should watch um, Fallen Angels because that the editing yeah. of that is fucking insane. Have you seen it? No, I want to. Uh, it's on my yeah. list among a million other and things, then, but I, I'm aware then, that it's like an informal trilogy. You, sh- you should. Well, no, that's not part of the informal trilogy. The informal. Oh, it's trilogy, not. It's twenty forty six no, it, and it's Days of Being Wild, In the Mood oh. for Love, and twenty forty six. Okay. I haven't seen twenty forty six. Days of Being Wild is really cool. Insane ending on that movie. Like, nice. fucking insane. Like, you would never guess that that's the way that movie's gonna end. So I'm excited. Okay. That, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. but we did watch a movie. Now, this is usually what I say at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast, but I mean to say that Aiden and I watched a movie uh, at our local indie theater. We can shout out our indie theater, too. I'll even give it a name. Yep. We can give it a name, right? We're not afraid I of this? I think so. The Dave, the Dave Barber, Barber Cinematheque. Cinematheque. Uh, <laughs> And We've said that we're from Winnipeg, so that's that's the it's only fine. One. Don't dodge yeah. us, please. <laughs> yeah. um, but sometimes they do staff picks, and so the staff picked Heat, uh, Michael Mann's 1995 crime thriller starring the Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. I've seen this before. Aiden had not. Um, it's the first time. I came away from this loving it more than I had. I gave it three and a half the first time. I give it four and a half this time. So what you were rating? past lives i was like nah heat's my jam um <laughs> it's it's it it feels so 90s but yeah oh, i yeah. kind of i kind of just like i was like you know what i don't care it like no, the that, lighting the that style was, I was that like, was like the that was one of the, my favorite parts of it i loved when like the most 90s track would come on and i'd be like oh yeah i would just start like nodding my head like and I don't mean like they didn't use like uh, licensed music or whatever. I just mean like the score that's like coming in is like really... for me. It wasn't even yeah. the score. It was like the look of the film. Like a nineties yeah, film oh, has a sure. very distinct yeah. visual style. Um, yeah. There was the one. <laughs> there's the one part where they're overlooking the night skyline in LA, <laughs> yeah. and I leaned over to Aiden and I was like, "Is that green screen? Like it, it looks. It is. I did look it up. Yeah, it was green it is. screen. It's. It is, it's also it's, like just look at it. Like it's, it's, it's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> there's and like I will say, not a perfect movie. There's a lot of elements that are cheesy, bad. Al Pacino's acting is hilarious, but it works. <laughs> By God, yeah. it all works as a whole package. Yeah. The idea of like, like these guys who just can't have normal lives and have yeah. real 
relationships and they can't maintain them because they are so like addicted to their profession and but it's also like deeper than that because it's it's kind of like i don't know like almost like a rage because there's stuff near the end that's like getting revenge and that's kind of tied to family as well i just loved it um i had a really great time watching i was just like fully on board um very cool movie aiden what did you think about heat I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I gave it four stars. I also was my first time watching it. Really enjoyed it. Um, there, my only complaint off the dome is just that I just feel like it just takes too long sometimes to just like like just get get me where I need to go. Like I don't know if I need all of these individual scenes. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I won't feel that way on a on another watch. There's some fucking sick shots in this movie. They're like some just yeah. really awesome parts. I love when they pull into the drive-in theater. And I love, like, the setup of that is that extreme wide from above. And so it, it shows just, like, how wide open it is. Is and that then, what that is? That's a I drive, have no I idea where they theory, were. Yeah. Okay. I something That's what it looked day. like to me. It doesn't really matter. But, like, anyway. No. like uh, But, like, then when the guy is stranded out in there, you're like, oh, he's fucked. Like, he's completely alone. He, like, he's dead. And, the, like, the setup of it is really, really good. <laughs> I, I, like... Val Kilmer rolls out from his body spot. He's like, bam, 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 stab. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. It's also like, it's it's a movie that's constantly doing the thing that you hope it's going to do. Where it's like, mm. I love like they're shooting a gun through their windshield. Like, <laughs> Insane behavior at all yeah. times. <laughs> Psychotic. I, like they're just opening fire like with AK-47s like in the middle of the street. Like... That, yeah. that, that, like, second act, like, towards the end of second act, like, uh, bank robbery turned gunfight is fucking insane. Like, that is such a crazy thing that they put to film. Um, great shots. I think there's some really great shots. Um, the yes. final shot's great. The real, the final one's really yeah. great. And I was talking to Alex about, like, I love the idea that it's, like, uh, Al- I think, in my opinion, Al Pacino wins because he's resigned to his true nature by the end of the film. Whereas Robert De Niro is trying to cheat it and he's trying to have both. He's trying to have it both ways. He's trying mm-hmm. to uh, both get away and like, and be, and like leave his life behind, but then he, he can't let it go. And you pointed out really well as well that it's like the, the girl is something that he's willing to leave really easily. Um, but he's not seconds. willing to just, yeah, but he's not willing to just let it go that this guy, um, that he has to kill this guy. I guess we're spoiling the movie. spoiler for a movie that is almost 30 years old yeah Yeah. no but you're right um i just want to add quickly this is something that i saw on someone's review on letterboxd but it was the idea that when he's after natalie portman stuff happens and he's with his yeah that's a that's a crazy part of the movie i know that was now he's with his now third ex-wife and he she's like like just go or he decides to leave the way yeah. he like gleefully prances down the stairs <laughs> because he's like the chase is on I'm yeah. back on the case. Yeah. It's just like so excited <laughs> because yeah. like that's all that matters. And you're you're so right. Like that's why he gets to spoiler live um, yeah. because De Niro just can't stop chasing that ideal. Bro, by the way, uh, yo, like, I haven't seen the movie yet. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You won't remember, 
and you'll love yeah. it anyways. Like, okay. Also, okay. Shut up. La- last thing I'll say about it, that thing with Natalie Porter where we were both like, wait, why is she there? Like, what's happening? Like, we both were talking about, like, did we miss a scene? Like, what just, ha- what the fuck just happened? And so, like, there's a little bit of that every now and then in the movie where it's like, I think oh, I it you- was... <laughs> I think so you that had an they, answer. Okay. No, I don't have an answer. What I mean to say is, like, I actually think they filmed way more scenes than what we saw, and I think that this is actually a cut-down movie. Despite its length, I, actually, I think this movie was cut down, because there are certain things where it's like, wait, what the fuck? Like, how did they get there? Like, what are they doing right now? Um, but yeah, it's not it's not enough to really, like, make ruin the movie or do anything bad to it. I'll move on. We've been talking for a while. Um, I watched the movie Metropolis, finally. Uh, from the 20s, uh, one of the very, very popular silent films at the very tail end of the silent era. Uh, really good. Really insane, like, how effective the visual language is there and the visual storytelling. Like, they actually do a really good job of it. I, like, I, I'll be honest, like, I'm, I consider myself a film guy. I watch the average silent film and I'm bored as hell. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this Facts. sucks. I don't want to watch this. That's what it is, like, most of the time. This one, I did not get bored at all. And it's even a somewhat long movie, too. Um, I think that, like, I gave it four stars because it's, like, I get that it's of the era, but, like, the writing is dumb in certain parts <laughs> of it. Like, the writing is pretty st- stupid. It does the thing where it's, like, some characters are objectively correct and they're, like, progressive, but they, like, kill a child. They don't actually kill a child in this, but, like, you know, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, you have to give the characters who are, like, progressive and correct, like, some, the- like, auxiliary moral failing so it's that the, like they're it's wrong. the flag yeah. smasher paradox you can't yeah. you can't be a good guy and like like you can't have these yeah you can't you can't have good ideas and be the bad guy you have yeah. to be like like you have to kill kids or kill you have to be like or something. You, you want you want a more equitable society but you've killed 20 babies or whatever yeah, yeah. it's and so there's a bit of that in that movie but it's it's a really great movie overall definitely one that i think that's that's an essential watch um i would finish the wire great show this is probably my favorite show of all time i think like it's actually insane like i watched an episode of black mirror right after finishing the wire and i was like wow like it's it's gonna be hard to adjust to shows that are just like averagely to badly written after watching like what is probably to me the best written show I've ever seen, like it like it was just like glaring how bad the writing in that Black Mirror episode was compared to it. Um, but yeah, no, I it's I have a lot to say to it. I've talked about it a lot on the pod though. I think I'll, the only thing I'll say is that I heard the last season's disappointing to some people. I can't imagine why. I've already talked about this in the pod before, but like it's such a natural end point and it's such a like Yeah, it's like I think it's like one of the best ways the show could end. I, and I, I think it's really great. Um yeah, I I'll just quickly mention actually I watched the episode of Black Mirror from the new season, Locke Henry fucking hated it. I thought it was fucking terrible. It was all the things that I <laughs> All the worst parts of Black Mirror dialed up to 11, and all of the best parts nowhere to be seen. Uh, and, yeah, like, it's what, an episode that's getting decent reviews, and it's one of those times where I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, the writing like the writing sucks in this episode. It's so fucking bad. But whatever. Like, anyway. Last thing I watched that I liked, I watched <laughs> the entire first season of True Detective. That's a good show. That's a good, good one. Like that show. Like the performances some inter- very interesting ideas talking about like religious narratives in that show as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I watched. 
Cool. Peter, what are your picks? You have one for once. Tell us. Dude, I watched a movie last night just like for no reason Oh, fuck. I all. actually know what this is and I don't like the score you gave it yet. Yeah, it's dude. I didn't find it that funny. I watched The Guard. Uh, Brendan Gleeson and Don Cheeto. I think there are just too many uh, Irish references that I just don't <laughs> understand at all. Whoa. <laughs> just a little too <laughs> Irish in here. Yeah. Could um, use less. Less Irish. Well, well, I mean, I mean, like the the acting was great, the performance is great, but like it's just like, eh, I don't it was know. Like I original thought, humor that like I thought in Bruges was funnier, and like like Banshee of Inisherin funnier, in my opinion. I'm and always gonna be like like the Martin McDonough hater, like dude. The guard, wait, I isn't this so directed funnier. by his brother or something? Because his last name is also so. McDonough. I think which is funny, which is very funny. Yeah, I think I think I will say for the Gerd, it's. The Gerd. Maybe, from what I remember, is it kind yeah. of like like a loose story? Like it kind of meanders and takes its time? Oh, yeah, is yeah. That... There was definitely a story in there. There was like... A, well, no, I know some... I know. there's a story. Mark Strong is in this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How there's do you a drug love this? <laughs> yeah, no, man. It's a great movie. They're just... I love Don Cheadle and uh, one of them, one of them Gleason, Brendan Gleason's chemistry i think they're so funny together yeah 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 no, just we me. I, I think we have we have good alternating opinions in martin mcdonough because i think peter generally has said peter's seen all his films and generally likes not them, all right? of his films i've seen billboard oh. um, i've seen billboards in bruges and band no i haven't seen in bruges i've seen i've only seen banshees and, yeah i've seen uh, three no, so in bruges banshees and sure billboards. but my point is you generally like them all yeah uh, i like them all Alex, I think you've seen the same ones, and you like some of them, and some of them you're teetering on. I don't think I ever hate them. Right. I just don't but, care for them. And then I, I have a different part Dude. of the spectrum where I really, really like Banshees of Inisherin, and then but I fucking big billboard hater right here. And then I hate three billboards. <laughs> That's like the normal take. You have the normal yeah. take of that. Sure. But anyways, yeah. um, next week, guys, Mission Impossible Seven is here. Dead Woo, Reckoning. I, I will be there. I will, we will be there. Be there. <laughs> yes. Um, I have to finish my rewatch. I'm way behind. I gotta get three movies. In Dude, honestly, it. at this point, I don't. I don't give a fuck about the Mission Impossible lore anymore. Like, yeah, I don't. Harry Cavill's anatomy shows up. Fine. <laughs> especially, especially they're bringing people back from one. They're bringing. Oh really? Back. Yeah, Kittredge, okay. the who's like the guy in charge of the, I'll be fine, though. of the Mission Impossible Force, and he's so funny. I, the actor, I just love the way he talks. He's like, okay, he's, wait, the, wait. he's the guy who says, "Ethan, you've got to pick a side." Like, <laughs> like that guy in the trailer. And if you recall, remember the scene in one where he does the wire act to yep. get to the room. How do I describe this? The Langley heist the, the, the at the CIA, the scene, the guy who he's like not stealing from, but like it's his job who works there, who gets like violent diarrhea or whatever. Like that guy is in Dead Reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> he brought That's him crazy. back. And like there's, again, a great scene with Kittredge and him. Split, crazy split diopter shot yeah. where it's, like, like he's so small. Like, the split diopter is way on one side of the frame. <laughs> he's way in the background. And it's Kittredge and this random guy way up close. And he's like, I want that guy in a bunker in Alaska. <laughs> he's just so <laughs> mad at this guy. And so that's probably where he is. He's probably, like, Ethan's last ally, even though they've never formally met. 
Anyways, That's I'm so crazy. excited. Mission Impossible. Wait, I'm also excited week. considering in my memory the best one is the sixth one, so it's only gotten. Oh really? For me. Oh shit! That's I crazy. Because yeah. yeah, I've only seen the sixth one. I love the sixth. You've one. only seen six. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Kind of. Crazy. That is insane. <laughs> the sixth one is fucking awesome. That movie's so sick. Peter, you're. Dude, that's why. I was, that's why I was gonna ask you. It's like, does does like knowing the Mission Impossible lore actually help you? The lore it? doesn't fine. matter. It'll be fine. It's the vibes. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> all, like why? It's like, you, like top, it's like Top Gun Maverick. You don't need to see Top Gun. You're fine. No, not that one especially. Yeah. But like, I think yeah. for this, oh, I just got flashbacks of Top Gun Maverick flashbacks. Like, like the bits where it flashbacks to Top Gun 1, and it's oh, the yeah. really corny, like, that was in the previous movie kind of flashbacks. Oh, God. Anyways, like, like you're saying, okay, the, the lore is not important, but, like, those are, that's a selection of very high-quality films that you're just like, ah, I don't need to see them. There's what? Some... Who cares about the lore? Dude, just where are you guys them. finding They're them? They're not on streaming. Oh, I own them. I own all of them. Oh, I own all of the Mission nice. Impossible movies. Nice. So yeah, Very it's nice. no problem for me. Um, they might be on the streaming. They're they're on Paramount Plus. But Peter, oh. since when has streaming been a barrier for people on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I will check though. I will say though, like right. the place I'm living at right now is has terrible internet connection. So Paramount Plus streaming um, is uh, the best shot for me to watch. But anyway, we're watching Mission Impossible Seven next week. Yep. Uh, if you like us, Hell check yeah. us out on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Predator V Movies. Uh, if you like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. Sometimes I leave reviews. Recently. They've been less about the movie and more, and about, more about the experience, <laughs> which is what Peter pointed out. I am just yeah. very lazy right now. And so so really, good. Really, the quickest review I can write out is what you're getting. And Some it, of think, the best reviews he's done. Is I think his also, also, it depends on like the movie. Like If it's a movie with a lot of substance and I really connect to, I'll write a longer thing. And I did. Asteroid City. I wrote a long piece on that. Other things, I'm going to give you a paragraph, Max. Um, Aiden Deers on the end of the plug. There's also me. Uh, you can also follow me on Letterboxd. I'm 810Sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes, although recently it has been very rare, and when I do, it is often a couple sentences at most. Nice. Peter, I just nice. have a quick question about Letterboxd. Why What's did up? 16 minutes ago during the podcast did you like my Fincher ranked list? <laughs> I did not mention David Fincher once in this podcast or any of his movies. I think I was that just going through Letterboxd and uh, I was like, why do I like this list? And I, I, I liked it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Also, I will say, this is not a list I have added to in months, maybe even a year. So this is going to be at the bottom of my lists. That's and crazy. Yeah, you unliked it. You son of yeah. a bitch. Zodiac <laughs> is first. Oh, I guess I, I, just would, throw I would that also out there. not like that. What would you say is first? Hmm, that's I don't know. They're, they're all good, though. Oh, actually, I, I, I really think like David Fincher. No, so. I, I have a take that I think people probably don't like, which is that I'll everyone is probably the social network. Oh really? As it's my number two. Was really it's good. my number two. I'm not gonna blame I, you on that. I like I that you were, one a lot. I thought you were gonna say Mank, 
If you said Meg, no, if you said your number no. one Fincher was Meg, that's the take that'll get <laughs> that, you crucified. That would be Alien that's 3. a crazy if take. If your Alien number 3. one Fincher is Alien 3. <laughs> I think Mank, Mank is a funnier choice to me because that is like a forgotten yeah. movie. Yeah. It is so stylistically Although it, different. it is good. It is a good movie. I'm it's sorry, all... But. I know, but like that's the thing is, it's like it's not bad, so it's just yeah. a very strange, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. honest yeah. and real take to be like, yeah, Mank is my favorite yeah. Fincher. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Anyways, crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, Peter, do you have anything to plug? No. What a shocker! You know what the fuck that means? You gotta leave a review. You gotta leave gotta a like. Leave. You gotta leave yeah. a comment, guys. Just like interact with us. So that we feel the love. And if we feel the love, the algorithm feels the love. And they just want to spread the love. One love. Bob Marley said that. And he's going to say it again in his biopic. And that's how we get more listeners, like Bob Marley did. Uh, And Bob Marley needs more listeners on Spotify, apparently. Go give him some love, too. (laughs) One love. Again, yeah. cannot emphasize the amount of love can only yeah. be one. It's just one. It's just Dude, just you gotta relate one. it to the movie, bro. By liking, you can you can add additional layer of yin yang between us. Yin yang. That's not what the movie was about. Did what? You, say you said yin yang. Wait, you said what? Yin yang. Well. I don't Wait, know what is this on. supposed to? Guys, be? we gotta end this one. I don't know what's going on. You here. said <laughs> you meant yin yun, but you said yin yang, which is the oh, the, oh. the other symbol. Right, Anyways, right, right, right. Podcast over. Uh, See I'm you guys Alex. next week. Pew. I'm Peter. This is Predator movies. Thank you. Uh, bye. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs>